Okay, I think we're all right. Good morning again, everyone. I can hear you. Can you believe it's already, uh, I said that before, uh, summer, I guess we're in the middle of it, right? Summer is uh, upon us. Thank you, Anna. Thank you, Nathan. Uh, as we look forward, as life unfolds, every every day is 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 a gift, right? Right. Every day is a gift. Uh, we get to do things. We get to do life, and especially if we have Jesus in our heart, um, we are really blessed. We can have only abundant life. The only abundant life is through Christ. It's, 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 life itself is, has its happy things, has its good things. and We know there's many blessings. Uh, we're going to go to a story of, of Jesus and his disciples in John's Gospel, chapter 4. And this week I was really thirsty. I didn't bring enough water um, to the job, and uh, my fault. Luckily, fortunately, my uh, my friend had some water he he gave to me. But it was getting to a point where um, I knew I was getting in trouble because my right arm was starting to um, what you call it cramp. And so if your if, if your muscles start cramping, you're getting heated off. You're, you're starting to go backwards. So I'm trying to work through it, you know. I'm trying to. And so I'm going to take that lesson, that thirsting lesson, and kind of try to draw from the well of Jesus, okay? The well that the Lord has. We're going to go to a story where Jesus uh, talks with a woman who was at a well at the time. And believe it or not, there are still wells in our community. And now that we. Uh, shifted our culture. Uh, I don't know exactly when it happened, but it seems like the coffee, the coffee shops are the wells, the new wells of the culture, right? That's where people hang out. That's where people go to, you know, get their special coffee and whatever. But there, there's oftentimes a, uh, a social socializing that takes place, not with everyone, but with some. It's a good place to meet, meet community. And, uh, the guys have been doing that uh, quite regularly the last few months, uh, picking a spot out. So last week I went to Pine Peaks, being hungry. The wife wasn't around, so I'm going to go to Pine Peaks. I, I, I picked it up, my text, and, you know, that's where the guys were going. So I'm looking at the clock at 10 to, I'm going to order. They're not here yet, I'm just going to order. So I got uh, the breakfast buffet. So I'm sitting there with, kind of doing my thing, and I'm looking around. Maybe they'll show up, maybe they'll show up. Well, first thing you know, there they are over there. <laughs> there they are over there. Okay, well, then uh, I'll just pick up my plate. I ask the waiter, waitress, you know, can I just move, you know, can I just go, you know. And so, therefore, uh, well, she made sure she handed me the bill first. Right, so make sure we'll get, get that taken care of. So part of the copy thing, part of the, Hanging out with the guys, socializing. Where did Chet go? Oh, he's back there. Yeah, hand goes up. Yeah, he, he, 
he adds a lot of spunk to the group. And um, interesting man. Interesting things come up. Won't go into all of them. But Jesus had a life, a purpose, right? And the disciples were, when he chose them, he chose ordinary folks, right? Some didn't have everything together, right? Most of them weren't running on all cylinders. So their life was crazy. They were fishermen. There was one guy that was, he counted the money, but he, he didn't turn out, right? We'll go into that. But Jesus chose them anyway. Um, Jesus chooses people, ordinary people, down and outers. I've been working with a, a man who has a vision. We've been, he's been prepping his building. We finally got his floor for this week. He was so excited. He could just see it on his face. And he'd been working for a year, bringing this old building up, fixing the roof, taking things out, clearing it, making it so he can have a shop, a mechanical shop. It's just west of Aiken. He is a man who has been saved out of his addiction. And now he has a vision to help other guys find work coming out of addiction. He wants to provide housing, and that's his vision. And people are getting behind him, and people are pitching. I had like seven, eight young men. I felt like this is a day off. And they're just raking away, and some of them were experienced, some were not so experienced. That's okay. Just jump in the mix. Get in there. And uh, just go for it. And so it's just fun to be a part of that this week. Good things happened. And uh, I get to my to my to my place. I go to my corner over here in the church. And I pray, Lord, what where do you want to go this week? Where do you want to what what do you want to talk about? And so sometimes I just kind of I'll just go through the if I'm not in a series, I'm just kind of going through books, and I'm trying to say, okay, Lord, where is it? Where is it? What is what does he want? And so last week we were in John's Gospel, chapter 3, and we talked about Nicodemus. Well, why don't we just go to the next chapter? Okay, chapter 4. And so this, by now, Jesus is, is, is on a journey, and we're in chapter 4, and I'll read a little bit so you get the drift of what's going on here. Now I'm going to jump in at verse 4. Okay, we'll talk a little bit about the setting. He had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a city of Samaria called Secure, near the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son. I find it interesting. He had to pass through Samaria. Okay. You guys know of any little places where you'd rather not go through or you'd not rather, rather not go into a territory or maybe it's a large city, maybe it's something that you just want to avoid? Jews didn't like Samaritans. Jews didn't associate with Samaritans. They were considered as dogs, so to speak. But isn't it just like Jesus to go where common folk 
his nationality, his, his nation, Jews, is a little bit strange for them. I have a feeling that the, the disciples wanted to hurry Jesus along. Kind of just get through it and go on with our business. But we read the scriptures... As it says in verse 6, Jacob's well was there, Jesus therefore being wearied from his journey. Don't you love it when Jesus shows humanity when he was on the earth? Jesus knows what it's like to be tired, bone tired, exhausted. Can't take another step. I've got to take a rest. Jacob's well is there. This is a great place to find a place to sit down. He was sitting, but there was something more going on. It was the sixth hour. It was high noon in, in, in the time. Hot. There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. I wonder if she came then because no, uh, most of the other Jews wouldn't be drawing water in the middle of the day. But she wouldn't have associated. Jesus said, give me a drink, and this conversation starts. Backing up about Jesus being weary. Jesus, I think, was not afraid to show humanity. Not afraid to say, hey guys, let's take a break. Let's sit down for a while. But the guys said, complain, we're hungry. Right? We're starving. All right. Jesus says, go on into wherever, your favorite McDonald's. Go get us some food, right? Paraphrase. Meanwhile, Jesus enters this conversation with this Samaritan woman. And she begins to draw water. Jesus said to her, give, give, me, give me a drink. Can I have a drink? May I have a drink? When the disciples had gone away to the city to buy food, the Samaritan woman said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink, since I am a Samaritan woman, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans? She knew there was this tension. And Jesus begins to lead the conversation into the things of God. Jesus was a master, was the master evangelist. Right? Number one, he loved people, he loved his God, he loved his Father, he loved people, and in order to love people, he had to take time for them. He had to be interested in them. He had to maybe ask them questions, begin to engage conversation. Evangelists, a lifestyle evangelism has to do with befriending people. Just being, showing up, building a bridge. This is, if you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would ask him, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. That blew her. She didn't get that. 
That went over her head. We'll see just in a minute. That just didn't, you know, she's just starting to start to engage in conversation. And she's still thinking naturally because of verse 11, you said to, she said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Oh boy. Good question. I would say, woman. Good question. Excellent question. Let me help you. Let's go further. And she's, she's probing now. You're not greater, verse 12, you're not greater than our father Jacob, are you who gave us the well and drank of it himself and his sons and his cattle. Jesus answered, said to her, everyone who drinks of this water, the natural water, everyone who drinks of this water shall thirst again. How many know? How many know this? No matter how much stuff you have, how many things are new, they're going to wear out. How much stuff in this life you try to do, there's a limit. Nothing really quenches the inner person like Jesus. What I'm getting at is the real need in our life is not just physical water, although we need that in our physical body. Our real, our greatest need is to find the spiritual drink of Jesus. He himself, he himself. The Holy Spirit comes to live within us that is the water is another a symbol of the Holy Spirit. Wind was another symbol back in chapter 3 with Nicodemus. The wind blows. No one knows where it's going, coming from. The wind of the Holy Spirit blows. God moves by his Spirit. Water is another representation of the Spirit. And then I got to thinking, this is after I studied this morning, I got to thinking, I was on my way, I was on my way. The Lord was starting to and I didn't throw this in my nose, so guys, just hang with me. Remember when Abraham was promised he'd have a son, and Sarah got anxious, right? And Abraham got anxious a bit. And Sarah says, here's my mate. Go do what you do. And they have a child, Ishmael. Hagar was the maid, right? Hagar is getting beat up by Sarah, right? There's conflict, there's jealousy. Hagar is basically abused, driven away into the desert. But she finds this spring. And it was there, that spring, it was there where the angel of the Lord showed up. I want to put these things together. The angel of the Lord either represents Christ or was God in his form, uh, pre-carnation, and speaks to her, comforts her, you too, from you will also be a nation. And so, really, 
That's the rest of us. We weren't born if you were Jew, that's okay, that's a good thing. But if we're not born naturally as a Jew, we still can get in because God is in the adoption business. Right? And Romans goes into this whole thing about being adopted. We also become heirs. And what does that mean, heirs? We are in uh, we are family, right? Family with God. We're in God's family. Therefore, we have we have an inheritance. What is that? It's heaven. It's eternity. It's even now heaven in us. It's the Holy Spirit in us. It's a life that life more abundantly. Nothing on this planet, though God has created so many good things, man has messed so many things up, that we're trying, man is trying with his own strength and failing very rapidly about trying to squeeze everything out of this life. When Jesus is speaking to a woman, she sees, he sees right into her soul and knows exactly what she's lacking, what she has need of. And she, Jesus takes an ordinary setting, a marketplace setting, a workplace setting, and turns it into a conversation to speak truth. And say, folks, it doesn't always have to be a long, lengthy thing. Try just dropping a seed at times. It's the simplest thing. You know what? The world, you know, we get into conversations, things are crazy. We hear this all, oh, things are crazy. Yeah, crazy stuff is, the world is, is, is messed up. It's all, you know, bad, bad, bad. Prices are crazy. We're, I don't know how we're going to make it. We, we get it. We're all, all of us are sensing this unknownness. But, you know, but what God says, he will keep us. He will provide. You know, the scriptures say, or you could say, you know what? I believe God is, has a plan. And it might open up conversation more, or you might sense that's enough. There's no more. It's just enough. But to lead people in the right direction. The setting was this. They were going through life. They were hungry. They were tired. They were thirsty. A, a woman comes along and Jesus would always take advantage, he, 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 no matter how tired he was, even when he's healed, many people remember he would withdrew from the crowds because they were overwhelming him. And then they'd follow him across the lake. Right? And show up again. Remember the time he fed the 5,000? He said, he turns to the disciples, you've got, you got to feed these guys. He turns to his disciples, you feed them. What? How are we going to do this? See, God sometimes will ask us to do something that's impossible for you, you and I. Impossible. He will ask you to do impossibilities so that we will look to him and have to depend upon him. Then, he says, yeah, you have a little faith, I can move. If you just have something here, do you have anything at all? This small boy says, I have a little lunch. I have a little fish here or two, whatever. 
here's a biscuit. You're going to take that too. I can just see his big eyes. You're going to take that too. You know, it's like, yeah, give it to me. Jesus takes and multiplies what little we got, what little we have, what little faith something, what little, little, little is much when the song wrote, the songwriter says, God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. And this whole story was going to escalate. This whole story is going to begin to unwind, but we go from the setting to who? What's the next point here? Jesus speaks truth into Jesus speaks life. He begins to talk about what is really about. This is a good one. How many? And where's your husband, by the way, from this? Oh, um, I have no husband. There's 17. I have no husband. Oh. Jesus says to her, uh, you've well said, I have no husband. You have, you've had five husbands, and the one whom you have now is not your husband. This you have said to her. You know, Jesus didn't write her off. Boy, he didn't say, he didn't get all legalists and say, well, well, there's no hope for you. You're disgusting. No. He says, I know that. Even in spite of your failure, in spite of your sin, I'm asking you to come. I'm asking you to receive from me. I'm asking you to hear truth. I'm asking you to dip and receive from me, drink in the spiritual water, your five husbands or whatever, and now the one that they, they can't satisfy, they can't complete you, they can't, they can't fix your problem inside of you. None, nothing, no one other than Jesus. Now by this time, verse 9, the woman says, I perceive you are a prophet. See, even people that are yet to come to full-term faith recognize, can recognize with the help of God, that there is a God. There is something, there's something. There's, a lot of people will say, well, I believe there is a God. But they're not so sure about all these other things. And they're trying to sort through it. And so our job is not to try to, yeah, yeah pounce on this and not, and not. Just preach Jesus. Just, you know what, Jesus is, is the true God. I believe him. Talk out of your personal relationship. I believe when I talk to me, he hears me. How do you know that? I sense a peace. And just affirm. But Jesus carries on the conversation. Hey, Harley Davidson, pour one in, make him swing. That's interesting. Jesus stays on track. There it is, Mr. Harley Davidson, right now again. Sure, go for it. There is an hour. I'm talking about worship. Our, our Father, Jesus says, "A woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither this mountain nor Jerusalem you will worship your true worshipers." He starts to talk about true worshipers. Verse twenty-three. An hour is coming, and now is when the true worshipers will worship 
the Father in spirit and in truth. There's the key. That's the church. That's what the church is supposed to be. Right, true worshipers. What, what does that mean? We have relationship. We know who he is. We're, we're seeking to know him. He knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows your circumstance. He knows your shortcomings. He knows your weaknesses. Yet he calls you to come to him and be a true worshiper. What is a true worship? To be honest with who we are. We feel so unworthy. We feel, we, and we are. We, we, don't, we don't feel good enough. And we are. But only, the only way we're going to be ever uh, overcome that is to surrender that, even that, to the Lord. And we come just as we are. And all of a sudden we sense, in spite of who we are, in spite of what we're struggling with, there is still a place for us. God has made time for you. He went through Samaria. I personally feel he knew this was going to happen. And he had plans to teach his disciples that we're here to reach people that are down and out. We're here to reach the people that the society says they're no good. God says, I need you and I want you. And I've died for you. And so the hour comes, verse 23. God is spirit. All this ties together. God is spirit. What does it mean? God is spirit. Those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. There's a connection that happens. The book of Romans talks about it. I wrote it down in my notes. The book of Romans talks about this adoption thing. And it refers to in the 8th chapter, 15 and 16. You have not received a spirit of slavery. See, slavery is someone that has to do what the master said. Forced to do it, whether you like it or not. But God takes us out of that slavery and out of that fear, but you have received a spirit of adoption. You are not my slave. He said, I call you my children. And because you're my children, there is a relationship, there is an understanding, there is a, there's this, this relationship that is taking place, that there is love, there is truth, there is a blending of God's spirit blending with your spirit. As he said under the next verse, his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. His spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. The challenge is this. Will we allow God the Holy Spirit to come into our hearts. Will we or will we say, oh, that's just enough. I just want enough. When God is saying, there's more for you. There's more, there's more in this well. There's more than just this physical. There's more than just this life. There's more than just this problem. And I'm taking you over the other side with me. Someday you will be in the place where you will see me face to face. And we shall be changed. 
and see who worshiped. Just bending our hearts. Sometimes just saying, oh Lord. Sometimes just saying, Jesus. Sometimes just listening. As the Spirit would whisper to our hearts. This conversation turned into a lesson, into a witness. It also came to an opportunity. And something began to click within this woman's heart. In verse 25, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. I know that the Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. She had to make a decision right there. I'm, I am the one. She had to make the decision. And this is what happens. We begin to read the story. At this point, his disciples came. They marveled what he had been speaking. He'd been speaking to that woman. They didn't actually come out and say, they just said, what do you seek or why do you seek with her? They were just like, they were just like kind of trying to find Jesus. What are you doing? By then the woman leaves her water pot. Notice she, she came to, to the well for water, right? She was so caught up within the statement that Jesus said, I am, I'm the one. She left her water pot. She couldn't, she, there was nothing more important. Right now I need to get back to my, my people and tell them what happened. And so by this time she was, she was starting to, the, something was happening in her spirit. She was getting excited. Verse 29, come see a man who told me all the things I have done. This is not the Christ. She's questioning. She's looking for truth. A lot of people in the world are looking for truth. Right? What is real? Who's, who's right? Well, this one says that. The other says it. Jesus said, I am the way. The truth. Aren't you glad you have Jesus? Hallelujah. You don't know, I don't know how to fix people. I can't fix people's problems. I can't fix their pain. I can't fix their conflicts. I can't fix their sin problems. I just have to say, Jesus. Come to Jesus. Come as you are. Don't try to pretend you're something you're not. That's true worship. The man who broke. Remember at the altar, the man is said, oh, I thank God I'm not like this man over here. Wrong. Trap doors should open and get him out of here. <laughs> the other guy said, be merciful to me, a sinner. He knew he was a sinner. That's the first step. That opens the door. Bit our knees. Go from slavery, slave, addicted, many people are, into things. Jesus says, Follow me, I'll make you. I'll change things, I'll bring life. 
you've never seen before, that you've never felt before, God of Spirit. He transforms people. He does not force anyone. He transforms. You have a you have a loved one today you've been praying for. Here's how we can pray. We can pray God will reveal, right? We can pray that. God open their hearts. That's good. But let's pray also this way. God, use someone who knows you. They can speak into their life. God uses people. Right? God uses people and he uses circumstances to get people's attention. So our heart breaks, the Lord's heart breaks over lost people. He, he breaks over people that have been misled, especially. Even when they've been hurt, even especially if they've been hurt by a, a Christian who said the wrong thing. That happens. We mess up. And all of us probably know people who are hanging on to something It's become their thing. Keep going a step toward the Lord. Can we pray for our loved ones today? I know you have people in your heart that are, you want them to be in heaven. You want them to know where they're going if death comes to them unexpected. You want to to have peace with that. Would you just simply stand and did you just can you just lift up a hand or some way to say, yeah, I'm calling these, I'm calling this name out right now, Lord. I'm calling us, I'm calling out a son or a daughter or, or nephew or niece or an uncle or aunt or whatever, maybe whomever, a neighbor. Just begin to call out their names in your spirit, in your spirit. Just begin to name their name before the throne room of God and say, Here we are, Lord. We're calling out these names. We're we're standing in the gap. We're praying, Lord, send the power of the Holy Spirit into their life that will awaken them. Lord, use other people who are in tune with you that will speak life and truth. Let Let there be an engagement. Let there be an appointment that will bring them to you. Even as this woman had conversation with Jesus, Jesus opened her eyes to her real need. And now she goes back to her community and begins to declare that Jesus is the Christ. Thank you, Lord. And see, what will happen if unsaved people get saved, then their friends will be witness to, then there will be other people that will, there's a ripple effect, there's really a dynamic that can happen. Lord, let us not you lose our vision afresh. Fresh and refreshing our passion for lost people. So Lord, as we leave from this place today, may we be excited for whomever you may put in our path Whomever, however you want us to witness, however you, whatever you want us to say, help us to be willing to do that, Lord. So we say, Lord Jesus, make us sensitive. 
And I leave you with these words from the text. And many more believed because of his word. That, that's solid. What's that saying? And many more came to Jesus because of this one particular witnessing opportunity. That's in the heart of God. Not only does he want to save your family, he wants to save your families and their families and their friends and their friends. It's a lot of people. He wants whosoever will. So Lord, give us power, Lord, to pray through and to believe encourage each other, Lord, and that there be a sense of purpose that we have in this life, in Jesus' name. Amen. So good to have you here. Let the Lord lead you. If you want to linger and pray and just wait on him, if you like prayer, especially we, we want to make, make time for that. God bless you. Let the Lord lead you as you go from this place.